Okay, I think now we're really going to start this, and that uh, Chris, you're going to lead the uh, festivities. So stop fucking coughing. All right, get Jesus. all your burps, get all your farts, come on, fart, get all get your, your stuff out of the way. Uh, come on. Ready? All right, all right, finally, here we go. And Chris, you got it. Go. I stepped on you. I'm going to step on you again. You hear that? I stepped on you. Go. It's good. Good evening, geeks and gamers, and welcome to the Mythicast, a podcast sponsored by Mythicos Studios. We're uh, recording this live in the Mythicos bunker, and I'm surrounded by the silverbacks of the Mythicos club. Uh, let's see, I'm here with, uh, oh, wait, 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 I am Father Time, and I'm here with my co-host, Lord Mortis. How are you doing this evening, Lord Mortis? I am doing uh, just fine, actually, just fine, and I'm looking at... Joe, who looks like he's about to commit suicide, and uh, Andrew is doing his homework. I think Anthony, you're writing something or you're he's doodling, preparing. you're drawing preparing. penises. Okay, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Lord Mortis Nelson, uh, part of Mythico Studios. Wonderful. You know, you're not supposed to use anybody's real name, Nelson. This is all going to be nicknames when we go through today. Andrew is his real name. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought it was real. we thought Red was his real. I name. fucking guessed. I thought it was Jose. So we should talk about our Facebook page. You can find us on Mythico Studios in Facebook. On the Book of Faces. On the Book of Faces. And uh, we got a web page, mythicostudios.com. So here we are. Did I mention Suckasun in New Jersey? Did no. I mention that? Because I love to say Suckasun in New Jersey, and I like to bring you know people into our home club. I think you say it way too often. Yeah, you Suck do. Sucka New Jersey. It's the place. So what's the address of this here joint? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Good. It is uh, 19 Route 10 West, Unit 15, Sucka New Jersey. You got Had to it. get the, the unit number in there. It would be great if somebody knew the phone number. Does it's anybody actually, know the phone number? Route 10 East. I was going to say, it's definitely it's East, sick of West. Oh, it's Route right. 10 yeah, East. Yeah, 50-50 chance. It's true. Oh, what did you say, west? I guess so. Just keep driving west, and eventually (laughs) you're going to hit 80. If you take that west, eventually you hit California. So just keep going. You know, I keep going. Eventually you won't get here. You get. I can't see. And you can see China from California. Apparently. Anyway, today, today we're going to talk about AOS. That's the topic of the evening. Um, Got it. So does that mean we're going to talk about other things at other times? Yes, it does. Oh, I'm right. glad you asked that, Lord Mortis. Because, I'm the sharp uh, one. We will have uh, different topics, different games for each podcast going forward. We're going to have some special sections of the podcast devoted to uh, individual topics. What's that? You're whispering. You can't whisper, bro. Oh, I, I, I thought you were struggling, so I was trying to feed you some games. Please. Okay. <laughs> you have Please. to do the sign. If you're going to talk, you got to do the fucking sign. All right. This? Yeah, there you that's go. That's a, the sign. That's a sign right. that would work, but you don't have to do it. You can just give me the high sign. I'll stop, and you can step right in and talk. So, uh, okay, go. And I, was, I was testing. testing. It, <laughs> it worked great. It worked. And it was hardly even noticeable on the audio, <laughs> I'm sure. Clearly, after this podcast is done, we're firing three people from the five, and we're going to do it on a segment-by-segment basis, don't you think? Maybe. Never. Could Never. Survivor of the island. Oh, that'd be great. Ooh, oh, I like that. Who's voted off this week? Right. No, Joe. Joe's fine. He's fine. All right. So, go ahead, Chris. I'm no, sorry. I, Keep going. I, that's it. That's uh, That was my well-practiced introduction. So then outside um, of today, we'll center on AOS. Yes. And then the next podcast that we do, we may concentrate on another gaming system. Not necessarily a games workshop. We are playing... A plethora of games, right? Yeah. We've got That's 40K. a big word, plethora. It was tough. It, yeah. it was hard to get out. Uh, saga. Saga. Dust. Dust. Bolt action. Bolt action. And basically, maybe some X-Wing or some Legion. Um, so we'll be... Got a lot of different games that a lot of different people are playing at this club. Yep. So we'll try to concentrate on one of those more in-depth on each of the podcasts. But our next podcast is most definitely going to be 40K because that's something we, uh, that's probably the most popular game. Can I jump in? in? Now, is this actually what you guys just discussed? Another good subject matter for us, uh, gaming schizophrenia? Because we seem to have as a club for how many years now? 15 years. We used to play Warhammer all the time. 
right? Constantly. We played tournaments, serious stuff, right? Um, and then we, I think we did like 40K. And then at one point, we all lost our minds and we started playing six or seven different games, right? Yeah. And now we're all over the place. So that's why we're doing a podcast that's also schizophrenic that has some AOS this week. And then we're going to do 40K next week. And uh, we're going to bounce around a little bit because that's sort of how we run the club, right? It's the way our minds work. Actually. That's why it doesn't run. That's yeah. why it doesn't work. <laughs> my attention span is pretty small. So. Unfortunately, so is my pocketbook for buying. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> Speaking of small things, there's a lot of small things in this book. Anyway, okay, so let's get back to AOS since that is our, our topic for the evening. Uh, what's the state of the game? What's the state of AOS from Games Workshop's perspective, from our perspective as uh, you know users? What's it like in the club? Um, I think, you know, I can just tell you from the studio, from the store's point of view, the game does very well, right? And I think part of that is because we have a very active community and we have a lot of events that we run on either a monthly or bi-monthly basis. But I know in other places around the country, it's not as active, right? So, I, And I know like even... In areas in the tri-state, which is New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and if you add Pennsylvania, there are places where people have time, you know, a hard time finding other people to play AOS. Like around here, it's hot as hell. Yeah. But other places, I, I so I can't tell you on a national basis, Anthony. But you, it's not as hot as 40K, though. And I think when we look at a lot of the people that play AOS, they also play 40K, right? And, and that kind of draws into the fact that but it, you can't always get a game with those people because they... I do find it interesting that we do see a lot of people coming in from New York. I mean, people coming in from Brooklyn, from very far south in Jersey, from Pennsylvania, showing up at our store to, to play just because they know they're going to get a an AOS game. In. You know, that there's a, there's a community here that's playing the game. Do you think that might be because we also have 20 permanent tables with, like, gorgeous scenery? Is that, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like Disneyland, you know, where you have... The sort of environment set up to just always have something or a place to play, well, it's the, and it's the best gaming space I've seen outside of Atomic Empire, which is all the way down in Cary, North Carolina, where you know costs of operating a store—they have a store like the size of a Walmart um, with a whole back area dedicated to gaming—is a lot more affordable. And apparently, I have to face the mic more, yes. but um, you know, this is the best space for gaming that I've seen uh, in the tri-state area. Well, I think it's been an evolution too, right? I mean. When AOS first started, we didn't have the General's Handbook. We didn't have points. We were finding it very difficult for people to get together and have well-balanced, fun games. They've come a long way. GW, over the course of the last, what, year, year and a half, mm -hmm. with providing a lot of structure to the game, which mm -hmm. I think is drawing a lot of people back who may at first look, um, decided to play 40K or another gaming system. Mm -hmm. So I think the popularity of it is starting to to come back a little bit and with the release schedule with the army books that are coming out um, they're supporting it and um, you know when you can go on Warhammer TV and watch the games and things like that I mean that support that you're getting from them is helping us to grow it here because um, more people see it more people are starting to play it so I think it's just been a gradual progression of people coming back to it and introducing some new people to a gaming system that's not as complex or convoluted yeah. maybe as it used to be mm -hmm. arguably well i mean you certainly had the whole that whole uh point where they gutted the game and changed the whole game and you had a lot of people walk away turn their backs and frustrated and and uh i was one of them at the time but you know once you come back and you start trying it, it, it it's a great structure it's a great game i know a lot of people are turned off by the four page rule book that alone you know you go from the 800-page Bible that was 8th edition fantasy to four pages, it's a little bit of a shock factor that affected a lot of players, and a lot of them were not ready for that, how abruptly it happened. I, I think when we talk about the schizophrenia and the popularity of the game, I mean, it, AOS is a game that you can walk away from a month and then fold back into your repertoire. When we mm -hmm. talk about we want to play Dust, and we want to play Saga, and when you wanted to play Warhammer Fantasy back in the day, and even 40K, you had to play it for several weeks mm -hmm. just to get comfortable with all the rules. So the popularity of having it as a game in your rotation that isn't hard to retain in your head because we all forget everything. Everything. Right. So um, it's, it's, it's good from that perspective. So you can pull in players a lot easier. That's which, a great point. Yeah. That's a great point because 
I could not play Warhammer after walking away for three months. You know, I, fantasy, I would have to start and play for two months before I even had my chops back. It's a good point. We even look at Saga. I mean, we, we fall, I'll call it a false start on Saga multiple times where we played for three or four weeks, people got comfortable with the rules and our slates, and then we didn't play it for a month. And it was like, well, do we really want to start again? Because we're all going to start from square yeah. square one again, where AOS, you feel like you can walk away and after one game, you're back in. So I think that's a credit to it. I think, I think some of that, though, is because the rules do parallel 40K. So if, if I'm bouncing between AOS and 40K, you're not, it, it doesn't feel like you're relearning the whole rules between the two. And I think that was a great move on Games Workshop's part. So I think it's in a good place right now. At least around here. It's at definitely around here it is. And yeah. I think it's getting more more and more popular. Yeah, I think so. And I mean look at just the uh the, the GT that we, we run uh something called the Triumph GT. Uh it's usually in June. This will be our second one. And uh AOS is almost sold out. Um, and which you know, and that's ahead of 40k. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've been told is the 40k guys tend to wait a little longer to sign up, but um, the AOS is it's pretty much always uh, uh, ahead on the signups, even though the weekly tournaments that we run. Um, but now the last 40k tournament that we had here sold out like in minutes, literally. So maybe that's uh, people are catching on to to the events. I think it's the space again. Like you said, you have a really good space and people know that they're going to get tables and they've got space and there's food. And I mean, you're, you're spending a lot of money to take an all day. So you want to have like a good experience when you go to a place like this. So you offer a really good mm-hmm. format. If we think about some of the other stores around here, I, mean, I don't know if I would waste my time. There's not many places that could host, you know, a 20 man one day tournament pretty much on a whim. You know, you're yeah. talking a one, two week you know lead maybe at most and you're filling up right away and there's even room for more as we get more tables and you know more scenery and everything ready to go over the next few weeks and uh, we'll see more people in the coming months easily for 40k and aos so what's new on the aos scene i mean uh, new books new models what's the newest releases that that and are we seeing people gravitate to this because i i mean i know the answer but uh i'm curious whether we're seeing the product selling i think a lot of people gravitated towards the nurgle release obviously because a lot of people already had had Mm -hmm. a substantial amount of the force but um yeah i mean the product itself throughout the store moved incredibly well and the book was decent um it's got a lot of synergies to it it's got a lot more depth i think um, than even the, the Blades of Corn book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started collecting the Forest one because, you know, eventually it'll fall under my cheesy report. But, um, <laughs> but you know, true. it's uh, the last couple releases, I think, um, people have really sort of flocked to. I think this next release that Andrew's going to touch on, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty decent. Well, Daughters of Cain, was that the last book that Daughters was released? Daughters of Cain, yes. That was the one that came out, um, what is it, a month, month and a half ago now? In March. Yep. Um, that one came out, and that was uh, pretty much an expansion of the existing Witch Elves line that carried right. over from Fantasy. Right. But there was a lot of new stuff they brought in, and they're a really strong faction. They got a lot of really cool rules, really cool models. Uh, I know you know three or four people that have just gone gun ho and are. I haven't below. seen anything. That's what I was going to say. It takes people a while to get it on the table. I think right? a lot of people assemble yeah. and paint it up. And start playing with it. Where Play. the Nurgle stuff, I think a lot of people already had enough Nurgle. Yeah, you can swap. Where they only had to buy a couple new units. Yeah, if you're going to go sneak crazy, which is what the Daughters of Cain seem to be the appeal on. Right, a lot of new models. A lot of people are starting from scratch with them. Um, and you're going to be seeing that with the new release coming out uh, April 21st. We have the Idanet Deepkin. And uh, the Idanet Deepkin, you know, new. New underwater elves. They um, the shelves. They're getting a lot of popularity, a lot of uh, feedback. You know, you go online, people are talking about them. You go into store, people are talking about them. And uh, I know I'm getting them as the uh, my next army to work on. And uh, do they have handgunners? <laughs> no. Yeah, they... Can you run fifty handgunners or whatever an L you run? Off the turtles. Um, actually, their rules are really good against shooting armies, so it's actually the opposite. So we all have to buy in. I don't know. I don't know, Andrew. I don't know. You so, against shooting armies? That's, yeah, they're really good against shooting armies. Yeah. See, I didn't think they were for you because it looks as though they have to move. 
and they don't shoot. So I, uh, they I do actually them. have shooting. Uh, they have shooting with um, their archer units and their giant uh, leviathan or whatever. I can't think of the name the of it. Turtle? The turtle. Um, the that has uh, some large bolt thrower type attack. Uh, but the models themselves, you can only target the closest unit of the Idanet, so you can't just target anything with shooting. Um, first turn, they get a plus one save no matter where they are on the board mm -hmm. for cover. They get better as they go in terms of combat by turn three. Everyone who's in combat has a strike first. Right. The tides of death. That's right. gross. That's, oh, crap. Yeah. Ebbs and flows. But I mean, and it's then, a predictable play style, so yeah. you know what's coming. And then turn the next turn, they get to pull out of combat, shoot and charge, and act normally. But and I mean, that's turn four then, too. Yeah. So you'd probably remove a lot of material at that point. Right. So. Oh, <laughs> so they definitely have a play style that's, uh, it seems to be leaning towards a kind of a skirmish line to defend and then advance in position, and then you have to strike. But um, model-wise, they look good. Yeah, beautiful models. Uh, yeah, they are really nice models. And uh, I think that's going to bring a lot of people in. That's going to bring, you know, people who have had old armies like me carrying over into the AOS age, you know. Well, the interesting thing about that release is it doesn't look as though there's a lot of older models that you can use within the mm -hmm. force, right? Yeah, it's one it's of like these armies not. that it seems as though they're almost all new it's models. It's all new. It's basically. just like the Caradron Overlords. There's completely new yeah. models. They can ally with older Dark Elf models. Uh, they could ally with the Daughters of Cain, the Scourge Privateers, but they are an independent force. All new models. Everything's new. Does this army, uh, it, does it replace what used to be the Dark Elves? No, this is no. a whole new faction. Well, it's a, that that's the thing that bothers me. I mean, I've been a High Elf collector for, you know, 10, 15 years, and they certainly got kind of uh, swatted when with the turn to AOS, and then I was really uh, excited, excited, oh, they're going to be a big elf relief, big elf reliefs, and then they released this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, does that mean the high elves are, are going to no. be ignored forever? No, 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 because if you read the, if you read the uh, fluff, the Teclis is now a god, and so is Tyrion, and there's another god, and those two are, were high elves, right? I mean, yeah, so, yes. so you know they're going to get some kind of love like the uh, Sylvan F did. But I've also heard that... Wow, look, uh, uh, we have a real phone that works. I've also heard that um, that the big uh, model that's kind of up on a wave is Teclas. I mean, that's the rumor I've heard. So um, I actually got confirmation it's not the case. He's, okay. He's, uh, there's actually, it's a two-part kit. He could be a wizard or a character, right. uh, melee character. Um, I forgot the exact name of the model, but... Uh, it's not <laughs> no. It's not a named character. So, so is there hope for my high elves? No, the, <laughs> the high elves as you knew them are pretty much done. You can still play like the the Order of the Phoenix or whatever they're called, and the other. You know, you can still bring out your elves and lose. You can still I mean, play you with can them. Do that. That's what true. You? But why you're doing so well with whatever the beastman or whatever you were playing? So the high elves are on square bases and. They'll stay on square bases and what the ninth head to ninth are. age. Yeah. I understand. You, you will be getting a, a elven faction. Um, they're going to be pretty much angelic elves under Tyrion. Oh, so yeah, but they're going to be new kits. I mean, that's yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an all new. My kit old models are are done. They can ally in with the old models, yeah. but that's it. They're all not right. going to be. All you right. can store them right next to my tomb cave. Yeah, right. And I my could, tomb beans. I could see it kind of being like the daughters of Cain, where there may be select older models that fall into the line. But I, I'm probably thinking it's going to be a completely new line of models, a new right. army. Right. Well, I'm depressed. Yeah, great. I guess so. You I mean, a turtle though, when it comes in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think there's a person in this room who wasn't thinking they were going to start this army. It's it's that cool looking. Uh, everyone who sees it is like, oh, that's my next army. That's my next army. So. Hopefully, that momentum keeps up because you don't know what the rules are going to look like. I mean, think about the KO experience. We had a lot of people, not as many as this army, want to jump on it, and then they swiftly kick that army in the nuts from a competitive standpoint. Yeah. Which army? KO, Caracol Overlords. And then they gave them a mono. Sky Dwarfs. Yeah, they gave them a mono build then. And the boats were really cool, and the boats were not very good anymore. So you mm. hope the turtles stay good and stuff because yeah. that's cool. 
So do you find that um, uh, when um, when I sort of gave up on um, eighth edition uh, was when you know the the quote unquote internet list just uh, you know you went online you found the list that everybody was running in the tournament and then you know that's what you saw you just saw it over and over again no matter who played you know they just ran the same list. I mean like a, a zinch list with. Uh... Shut the fuck Nine. up. That's, that <laughs> wasn't Nine me. I, yeah, I, that was part of a tournament. And I was supposed to do Are we talking about 8th edition? <laughs> no, it was part of 8th edition. That, that, but that was for like every army, right? So for, for me, Cinch, that was the, uh, that's the list with the, was it 15 that you can run? or It is 15, right? That's disgusting, by the way. 15 um, Skyfires. Sky Absolutely gross. But in this edition, I think that there's a more variety i don't know maybe i'm crazy but i think it feels that like you. there is more variety mm -hmm. in this game uh that there used to be as far as the type of lists that you can actually run because there's so much scenario based gaming in this version as opposed to the other one right is that well there's a lot of flexibility in how you structure an army too i mean you can take bits and pieces from other other factions and put it together um, but I do believe I agree with you on the scenario the scenario is the key and you guys were onto that very early in the game you can make a lot of narrative lists unfortunately we have Joe in our club so we can't have fun lists no um, to have any chance he's so, the fun killer you know without a doubt but you, but you do have a very large plethora I still hear Grell Knights are decent in order which is like who what but apparently they are but you know, we'll never see them because we have Joe but I mean that it's, it's, it's a possibility so you can run but so None of those other, the older armies are viable anymore, really, right? I mean, you can't run hey, a Bretonian army. Hey, I took my army. beasts to the tournament we had. You had six Skyfires. I did have six Skyfires, yes. which <laughs> they, are beasts. They this are. is the tournament you left early and we lost, right? Might have been. This is yeah, the tournament yeah, where I possible. had a shining appearance with a supposedly unbeatable Stormcast <laughs> army when 0-3. How you lost with that army, I'll never know. Now, you, you will know the battle reports are online forever for you to view. Oh. And ask yourself, why did I give Anthony such a terrible army to run? Yeah. He would have been better with Bretonia, which is compendium. But so. let's let's say that you're uh, <clears throat> let's say that you were an old Warhammer player, right? And you may uh, you're definitely not going to get back to AOS after listening to this podcast. You're probably going to want to play something else. But if you were thinking, well, you know, I want to play AOS. I want to sort of look into it. Um, you know, the, you know, where would you have them start? Like, what's the you know, what's the basic uh, principle of this is what you need to go do so you can understand what the hell is going on. I mean, in terms of an ease of getting into the game with a new army, Stormcasts probably is the way to go. They have the easiest rules. They have a lot of selections to choose from. You could basically make multiple different lists. There's not just one They ally list. with everything. They can ally with anything, so if you like models from other factions, you could just throw them right in. Um, so it works out really nice. They are a really good force for people who are getting into the game. Um, for more experienced players, you know, more competitive players, you might be looking at the Zinch or other Chaos factions, as we mentioned. Um, those are really good right now. Um, or the uh, the Fire Dwarves, the Fire Slayers are really fire good. Fire Slayers, yeah. yeah. Which I didn't realize. Uh, I, th I think Nurgle... It's going to be right there with competitive. I, I think one of the n nice things is there is a balance. I, I'm going to hand that off to Ant mm. when we're ready for him to rant about the things that he hates, which is balance, pretty yeah. much everything. But I think there you can build lists that are fairly balanced for almost every faction out there. And I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer you go with the models that you think are the coolest. Yeah, that's you where I should really be starting. If, if you like, that's why I love hand gunners. Exactly. <sighs> I mean, if you like no the look of you. a model, if you like the look of a model, then you go with that army, and you can make any army work. Yeah, I think so. beasts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm, uh, maybe you guys can take uh, a few minutes and just tell everybody what you sort of normally play, and then we'll end up with Ant, who's going to tell us why he loves death. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I play kind of a mixed chaos force now. I'm building a fire slayer army. Wait, wait, wait. You play? Yes, I do play once a year. That counts. <laughs> it counts. So, um, but you know, I'm putting together an army that has uh, s some uh, Slanesh, some Sinch, some Norgal, and some Corn. Yeah, I figure, you know, what the hell? Uh, if it's scenario based, maybe theoretically, it's not a very competitive army. But I love the models. And that sound you hear in the background—that's not shooting. That's 
I think that's actually the roof. That's the help. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> it could be next the door. The high quality stuff. But Chris, what do you what do you normally play in AOS like now? Well, uh, I've been playing beasts. I mean, I converted my beasts over. I did take a lot of Zinch aspects and start injecting them into the into the army. Um, I'm going to continue to do that in 2018, but I have to say, um, you know, I ordered from a um, what was that? Uh, the the Minotaur, oh the uh, uh, starter Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yeah that there looks was awesome. a Kickstarter with yeah. Minotaurs that I just purchased everyone they had so I'm gonna somehow inject you know like nine or twelve Minotaurs just for the look of it because they're beautiful and I'll probably get you know switch over my gores to Zangors or something like that but I'm gonna stay with the animals and the, the Zinch. Yeah, nice. bestiality. And the, the beauty, well, but the beauty of that army, which I didn't know until the Thousand Suns book came out. The other army that I had been collecting for longer than any other army were Thousand Suns, and now all of a sudden I can take those enlightened or those uh, Skyfires out of my beast army and plunk them into my Thousand Suns army, and it's it's great. I only have to paint one unit, and they're good in forty k too. They're good in forty k too. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Joe? Well. I think I've got a bad reputation of jumping on the uh, well deserved the, the, the cheesy uh, wagon train, um, but I do like to try some different things out. I mean, recently when we've had our tournaments, I've been playing the Blades of Corn, basically the murder host. Um, I've tried out the uh, the change host list from Zeech. Um, I didn't like it that much, to be honest with you. Um, I have put together and played a couple games with a Nurgle list, um, predominantly demons. Um, so I've been doing those things. Um, been sort of sticking to the evil factions. I'm desperately awaiting for a Skaven book to come out, although I don't see anything happening in the future. But um, yeah, I think after we talk to Ant about his rant, um, we can get into not the cheesiest lists that are out there, but some of the lists that I've seen and um, the ups and downs of uh, maybe one or two of them. Yeah, good. And then... Um this is uh, uh, Red, our resident pirate, who's also, by the way, and Red's going to cover some uh, really good hobby topics. As he's, I think he's one of probably the most talented hobbyists all around. He's hobbyist. Bob Ross of the story. He is the Bob no, Ross. No, he's the Rob Boss. Rob that's, Boss. That's there you go. That's right. Yeah, to say copywriting into the podcast. But you used to be an Empire player, all pirate army, right? Still, is an, is, empire yes, I'm still an Empire <laughs> player. Nothing has changed. Just a the War Scroll titles going from uh, Empire to Free Guild. I still play them the same way. You know, lots of handgunners. That's always been the case. It's just now they're good. No uh, movement. No movement. That's been the same for, you know, over a decade. Um, yes, haven't haven't changed much of my tactics in a while. You know what? If it doesn't, if it's not broken, don't fix it. That's That's my philosophy. And I've been winning with the Army, even against a lot of these newer books. They're they still hold their own. I, I do get my ass whooped to me. When? Uh, got uh, beat up by uh, some fire dwarves the other day. What were they? Uh, oh, fire slayers. The fire slayers came up. Uh, oh, you got beat down yeah. by a bunch of angry, drunken, half-naked guys. Yeah, yeah. That, that was your Nothing fault. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that w- that was an interesting battle that told me that I really have to start looking towards some of the newer factions to to either ally in or to simply switch gears. And I, I've been working on a couple other armies recently. You know, um, on the War Scrolls, um, a lot of them have an M value, which stands for movement, and that actually indicates how many inches that they can move. Oh, but I don't. I think all of his I are missing legs. They don't move. <laughs> they don't move at all. You know that's funny. That Fire Slayer army, I had gone uh, on our Facebook page and I said I was going to start something new as I always do and never finish it. But I figured this would be a good, you know, a good third thing to start and not finish. And I was asking everybody, what's an army nobody plays? Uh, you know, and I asked everybody at the store, and they all, you know, they mentioned Fire Slayers, and so I start building all these Fire Slayers, and then Joe goes, oh, that's fucking cheesy. That's like the number blah, 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 one army now. Everybody's winning tournaments and stuff. I didn't realize that. But when you get into the rules, uh, you know, they have some nuances that make them really, really good. Like your entire army can pop up from... The ability to tunnel up with two to three units of 30 berserkers and charge is ridiculous. He didn't realize, wink, 
Wink. Oh, yeah, he never No, realized. come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know are. what? Before we ask Ant what, uh, what army he's working on or failing at, I think it's, it's going to be a great <coughs> What's time. What's the difference? It's oh. a great time to introduce his segment, which is Ant's Rant, so he can tell us, in addition to everything else he hates, what he's hating <laughs> right now. In the AOS scene, besides doing this podcast, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break because I'm about to choke. Uh, right, Answering. we are back. Oh, <laughs> so we're Perfect back timing. from uh, smoke and coughing and crapping and whatever else we were doing. So, Chris, take it away. Well, I, is there any introduction I have to do? It's Ant's rant, or as Ant likes to say, Ant's rant, Ant's rant. <laughs> Might not be much of a rant, though, because I think he's tired from firing people today. <laughs> that comes tomorrow next oh, week. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, well, you guys actually play the game AOS. I don't really play it because I play Death, which is about how much your soul's going to feel like after you play Death. If you want an army that you know you really be able to keep up on the new releases because they got one model in two and a half years, uh, if you want to keep up on an army that has a low model count because they only have 62 kits and Stormcast have more kits by themselves than the entire Death range, uh, if you want an army with an 800-point monster that you have to take if you want to be competitive, then that's death the army for uh, for you. If you Wait, love competitive? Skeleton. Well, competitive in the sense that you actually get to play the game if okay. you take the gosh. Yeah, is, this, um, is this sarcasm? No, no, I don't think so. I think this is reality. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the deathly reality. What, what, what makes it so tough? And I mean, I, I'm, I've heard plenty of players that are succeeding with death. <laughs> Have you really? No. No, but wait. No, like, why, that can't was you have, why can't you have an army, for example, of, I don't know, 60 skeletons and then the rest black knights and what are the other ones? The blood knights or the... You can, but you'll lose. Oh, is that... Why? Why? <laughs> you're, you're actually better off taking the skeletons than the knights because cavalry is really mm. underpowered in this game. When your best choice is a battle line choice, that's, that's enough to say about your army. Usually the, the coolness... Doesn't even start at the battle line, but for death, the battle line is the only line because everything else is kind of a trash mob that doesn't that doesn't work. I'm not feeling enough hate though. This isn't the, <laughs> the kind of rant that this I was. This is expecting. almost like you're sad. I know. Well, I am sad. Why it's don't you take sad. skeleton handgunners? Don't they have those? No, <laughs> that would be awesome. They they do need some shooting options, That's... but they probably wouldn't get the piper because no, they don't have lungs to blow into the pipe. Uh. That's why I gotta get zombies. But, zombie yeah. handgunners. You're speaking to a defeated death player. I have stuck with it. I have to convert my own dragon because you know the, you know it's bad when the store doesn't even carry a dragon. Because Did they no make one, a dragon? Yeah. See, he doesn't even know, and he owns the place. They yet they make a dragon for death, um, but you know we don't even have it, and we won't even order it because it's so sad and depressing. But it's, you know what? I think a lot of people got hyped up when the book was coming out, and then the book didn't deliver anything. And I don't think the book delivered exactly what people were thinking. I think you have to dig really hard to find the nuggets within it, and unless you want to run, they're like poop nuggets, a six to seven hundred point model, <laughs> or run a three hundred skeletons. I mean, death is like you're that guy on the workout plan, and all you eat is chicken and rice. And this new book's coming out for your diet plan, and it comes out, and it's just a hundred new ways to cook chicken and fucking rice <laughs> because you got no new models and no new food in your diet book. And that's what the new death book is, right? They gave you three new ways to cook. The chicken and rice you've always had. They gave you one model, which is overpriced and dies to a stiff breeze, or to two Hodgson long rifles. Um, you know that's you know death just doesn't have a lot going on. Three Hodgson long, long rifles actually. They only do two wounds apiece. You got five. <laughs> so, so do they not pump out a lot of? Um, what's their what's their positive of the army that it? It's hard to kill. I mean, do if they you come take back? Legion in the night, it's very. It, it gets really great saves, but it doesn't do really any damage output. Um, the stuff that does really well in combat, like the skeletons, don't have a rend characteristic. So if you come up against anything with good armor, they don't have any shooting, really. Uh, mortal wound output is pretty poor. Uh, they have really good magic to keep the skeletons alive, so you can just kind of run big blobs and keep the blobs alive. But you're not going to kill much. You're really just going to occupy space on the board. But isn't the, won't that play to the scenario? I mean, can't that be an objective-taking kind of force? But if, to, if you're talking about, you know winning multiple games, there may be scenarios that may favor mm -hmm. death, and the grave sites do help, but you need to be able to actually remove opponents' models. Um, and you can't remove opponents' models. Do you um, purposefully search out the weakest armies to play? Because I, I think I'm just thinking I, back to the 40K on Monday night when I was playing your Black Templars, Black Templars. and I was, I was just... It's a gift. As soon as I pick that army, GW alarm bells go off, a little light under there, and then once that happens, they're just like... Yeah, or is it simply... Army. 
possible that you just suck at every game? I mean, that's possible. <laughs> no, 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 it's not possible. It's no, not you played ninth, ninth uh, was it ninth age? You're good at that. I, 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 Kings of War, right? And you were good at fantasy. It's it's a gift to keep hopping on multiple piles of shit. But <laughs> yeah. I, I've All mastered right. that gift, and uh, I'll wear that badge proudly. Uh, but I think your army's looking beautiful, though. That that I must say. Well, you know, Joe wasn't too much of, of a fan of my Mongol dragon, but you know, maybe if the store stocked Is that what it, that was, if the, yeah, maybe if the store stocked the dragon, I could have actually gotten it. Well, but, we had uh, that. That's the Morgais the uh, thing, right? The no, it's not even that. So you don't even know. It's not the same. It's a vampire it was... lord on zombie dragon. It is the same model. It's a terror guys. It's a terror, terror guys. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it comes in a box with other stuff. I don't want that other stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't they don't sell it by itself anymore. They do, but they don't have it on the shelf. Yeah. We'll order it. We could get you one. You can you get it in ask. three days. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you wanted one. I don't really want one. Uh, I, right. I like upsetting Joe with my Morgul dragon. Because every time he looks at it, he just has a face of disgust. And that's the only victory you're going to get when you play death. So I at least get that victory every time I pull out my Morgul dragon. Joe's face of disgust. But wait, I, I thought that there were players who've been going around with a Nagash list that win tournaments all the time. And oh, the point. issue is you can't get Nagash. They've been sold out and that order. <laughs> no, for, oh, that's for, true. For Actually, you yeah. cannot get Nagash. And that's the issue is if you have Nagash, you're doing well. If you don't have them, you're either and running skeletons. And out of a garden, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a dirty that's secret, and I have Nagash in the box at home. I don't want to go down that path I'm because just because then I go on, you, I go into Joe territory. <laughs> oh, it'll cost you. We can mm-hmm. only have one Joe in the store, and that's not the Joe that's not me. You know, so I can't. Uh, you know, I have self restraint and self respect. You know, I think that's so. a perfect lead in actually, <laughs> and for our other big segment of the show, which is Evil Joe's Cheese, where Joe will share with us the cheesiest list that he happens to be playing this week or intends to play next week because he has a gift. For breaking the game? Yeah, or finding the cheese. To make up for, to make up for perhaps his lack of skill, but we can't tell. Listen, I'm just trying to show you guys what's out there. So when you venture out of this building and go and play in tournaments, that you know a little bit about what you're going to face. So it's like Spartan oh, training. Oh, so you're doing right? this for us. It's I didn't really realize a you were. Service. I see. Okay, you 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 just beat us down so that we all feel better about ourselves. I can see. We can feel better when we go back to our wives at least after a night of playing, Joe. I mean, and then they, beat they don't us treat down. us that badly. So that's true. So Joe, what do wife treats me fine? Oh, oh. what uh, <laughs> list would you like to share this week? So when we were talking about this. Originally, we were thinking, okay, let's come up with the five, um, you know, lists that are sort of dominating some of the tournament scenes that are out there. And then we started talking um, about maybe just centering on one particular list, going a little bit in depth with it, so that people got a better understanding, if they don't already have it, of what the strengths are and then what some of the weaknesses are. Joe, you've completely misunderstood the topic here. I mean, we can do that, because I know you're prepared for that, but what I really (laughs) wanted to talk about was you and your... (laughs) And your ability to pinpoint these lists, put them together, have them painted on the table in less than a week. That's actually a, an interesting uh, subject matter. <laughs> I think he's got like a troop of slave children in the basement painting these things. I've never seen anybody. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it's incredible. It really doesn't cost as much as you think. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kids are for. Yeah, right. that's true. Now, so what I'll do is, listen, I listen to a lot of the various podcasts that are out there. Um, you know, I'll watch a lot of the Warhammer TV coverage, uh, YouTube, um, things of that nature. So once you're sort of plugged in, you know, whether you're using Twitter or whatever, you're going to see what most people are bringing to these larger tournaments, which lists are doing well in these tournaments. And it really doesn't take you long to sort of figure out, you know, what some of the top lists are that people are running out there. And the nice thing about AOS is every once in a while, you know, you're seeing these different lists come out that maybe no one really thought about, and all of a sudden, you know, they'll go through a tournament and they'll do incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Then people sort of figure out what the pros and cons of the lists are, and, you know, the whole, like, meta changes, right? So people will build their lists to sort of combat certain things. Um, the list that I've been running within the last couple of tournaments has been the Murder Host, and, yeah, it's a cheesy list, right? I'm running basically 120 blood letters. Um, so... I've used two variations of the list, one with skull cannons, one without. You know, the skull cannons just underproduce as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, but I thought I needed some type of shooting to take care of the characters that um, jump up on the bailwind. Or gun lines. Or gun lines. And you know what? I just found that the, the skull cannons really didn't do the job for me. I mean, that was just my what, rolling. They just what's the point cost? Work. What's the investment to get in the... I mean, what are you trading off? Um, I've got it, actually, right here. The skull cannons themselves were 100 points apiece. And so it's really not that much. What are you going to do? Buy more blood letters? No, you know what? Um, They're only 100 points? Yeah, I think they were 100 or 160. How much would a blood. <laughs> how much would that cannon cost you on the death list? Oh, infinite, because we don't even have a cannon. <laughs> you don't have a cannon. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could tell you the uh, order of points, actually. So, oh, yeah, that's different. But it also eats people when they when they try to attack it. So well, you can shoot again if and it, it moves a really quickly. Yeah. But to be honest with you, when you're hitting on threes, you're wounding on threes, and then it's doing D3 wounds, or D6 wounds, I was just finding that they underperformed, and they didn't do what I needed them to do when I needed them to do it. It could have been a function of how I was playing them. I'd but give Nagash's left arm to get a cannon like that. Yeah, for, well, you can't because you don't have the model. But um, <laughs> true. But I just found that they weren't working. So the list that I've been basically been running is... And Nelson sort of makes fun of me about this all the time. but All the time. All the time. Look at that spreadsheet. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there's a couple different things that you can do with the Blades of Corn, and they've got a couple different um, different things that you can use, call upon, like the Blood Tithe Table um, and things of that nature that really work to synergize this army. And this army list is all about trying to maximize uh, the synergies, so what is going to make it better, right? So... When you're looking at the murder host, you really want to run what they call the, the large murder host, and you want at least eight units um, to begin with. So basically, you've got your blood letter hero, and then you're going to have eight individual corn units of varying sizes. Once you do that, it gives you that special ability um, to make the 2d6 move before the beginning of the game yeah. and um, at the beginning of your hero phase. Right? Yeah, I face that. It's horrible. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it can be horrible. It can be horrible. Um and then I've just doubled up on things that can augment the list. So basically, you've got 120 blood letters, you've got two units of 10 flesh hounds, um, and then you've got two blood secretor banners and two priests. And you've got the blood secretor banners in there to form the bubbles so that you're giving them an extra attack within 18 inches. Um, and no battle shock test, which is extremely important with this army because the blood letters die quick. And then you've got the two priests that hopefully are casting um, Killing Frenzy, which add another plus one. Because what you're really trying to do is capitalize on the one ability that the blood letters have with the decapitating blow, which they cause a mortal wound on a six plus, mm -hmm. right, to mm -hmm. hit. Um, so when you can drive that six plus down to a four plus, I mean, these guys already are hitting on threes. Um, so when you're hitting on twos, you've got a blood letter hero within um, six inches. I think they're re-rolling ones. Um, they can really get across the table and put out a lot of damage. They can't sustain damage. They die pretty quick. Um, but if you're not taking battle shock tests and you play it the right way where you've got your concentric bubbles and you've got all the units sort of daisy-chained within a certain... Um, within a, <laughs> thanks, Ann. Yeah, uh, keeping them up. Yeah. Anytime you want to talk tactics, he um, sort of... But let me... But let me here's an probably why... I think play very well. I think the question everyone wants to know is how does death hold up <laughs> against the murder? <laughs> Not well, apparently. Apparently, <laughs> well, it goes quickly no. back to a death. But wait, state. Joe, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you say that if you if you were playing against them, you you would you need to tie up the uh, the horde to you know uh, the blood letters and then kill the four characters that give all the buffs? Yeah, I mean, I had that one game um, with the last tournament that we had where I was actually able to to squeak out a victory against that Nagash list. And, and basically, it really came down to it was objective-based, right? I was able to hold on to the objectives because I jumped on them early. Because you're gathering points during the turn. Because I'm gathering turn, points yeah. throughout. And he literally was killing my entire army. It just turned out that he couldn't kill 120 bloodletters fast enough. Right. And I ended up squeaking out, like, oh, a win by a point or two. So what would you think would have helped him... It, it, you know, to target your your uh, heroes yeah, earlier. A, yeah, there's a couple different things that you can do to sort of mitigate um, the strengths of the um, of the battalion of the murder host. And, and and the key is that that special movement is all predicated on how close units are to the one blood letter hero that comes as part of it. And you got a couple different options. 
whether he's the guy on foot or he's the guy on the juggernaut or so on. Um, but most of them, they don't have uh, they don't have very good armor save. They're not resilient. Um, you're probably looking at five wounds. Uh, they're pretty easy to kill. Right. And within this game, I'm like 40k. You can target characters. So the majority of the people that I come up against that you know have played it before are targeting those characters right away to take those abilities away from you. Um, now that'll stop that extra movement in the beginning of the hero phase. It really doesn't stop thirty, you know, three units of thirty blood letters coming across the table um, at you. Um, and that's when people are starting to set up now in, in you know concentric lines. So they basically are throwing chaff out. But the nice thing about doing that is, for you, is as you continue to kill units, you're increasing your blood type points. So you're able to do certain things. Um, you know, even when you get up to two, which means basically you've two units have died. Um, you know, you have different abilities where you can basically you have a dispel scroll, right? So if somebody does jump on a bailwind and wants to, uh, you know, cash their nasties each spell and take off half of your unit, you can automatically stop it. Um, it's not, it's not basically click and go. There is a little bit of thought and a little bit of planning. Most of the thought and the planning comes around positioning of your own units to make sure that you're within certain ranges of the characters that buff you um, in order to make the most out of it. Um, so, you know, unlike some of the, the Zeech lists where, you know, it's sort of a special needs thing, this isn't that, this actually takes a little bit of thought process. All right, so let me get this straight. So with this corn list, <laughs> the way you do this is you go online <coughs> and you copy, you know, the murder host uh, uh, list, which you can find a thousand of the same list. And then you rush them across the table to your against the enemy. You sit on the uh, objectives. You avoid getting your characters killed. And then the nuances are what? No, you, you pretty much nailed it right Okay. There. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the scene list, right, where you have... What, what are we, 15 Skyfires and six Wizards, all of them cranking out mortal wounds and uh, and a bunch of pink horrors that just go up front and continue to cast magic. And ba and you and then that's it. That's the list. And you just, I mean, they, that's a disgusting list, by the way. And that's the yeah. one we ran in the tournament. I ran in the tournament. Yeah, that and is that's, disgusting. That's, yeah. I mean, it literally is like push forward, cast you know magic. What? This list can be disgusting, but it, it really all depends upon uh, your matchups. Like, I suffer yeah. against Andrew's uh, gun line. Because right? yeah. I have to get across the table, <laughs> and then as I charge hurts, his yeah. units, they've got support and fire and things of that nature. Caradron Overlords, the guys that drop down from the clown car. Um, and open up fire on everything. I mean, there, there are a couple lists that sort of combat this list. Maybe that's why you're not seeing it as much um, anymore. Um, oh, is that right? Is that as popular? Well, you know what? I think new things have come out, new shiny Or is it nobody wants to pay the 120 That was soul-crushing. Yeah, that's got to be. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, so so your, your idea then for the next army is to get 120 Plague Bearers? <laughs> Isn't that what you're doing? That is what you're doing. That is, that is what you're doing now, right? No, no. Ninety no. plate players. Ninety players. Uh, Only nine. And, 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 and twelve to eighteen bot flies. Not uh, nearly yeah, oh, yeah, as soul crushing. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it won't kill you as quickly. <laughs> It won't kill you. You'll just die from the infection over the six turns if you get there. I already feel like I have an infection. Listen, as I said before, I'm just trying to help you guys out. I don't want you to go out. No, there no, no, no. It's been fascinating, Joe. It's it's been, and and I really feel like I've I've grasped some nuances that red and uh, the I only need. monotone voice. Yeah, it's pretty okay. <laughs> you know, it just kills everybody. But you know what? That's he. That's how Joe plays. He's a machine. He'll just get. You know, he's not going to raise his voice. He's just going to run it's run over you. Yeah, I don't understand how he does it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think at the end of the day, what do you think right now as far as the the tournament scene, you know, the sort of hottest list is? I mean, what, what's everyone playing? What? Fire Slayers are doing well. Siege continues to do well. Some of the Caradon lists do very well. You really? Know? One yeah. Caradon Well, it's, it's one, Caradon one type of build. Which has um, all the models I don't own for Caradrons, oh. obviously. Yeah. Any death lists doing well? <laughs> You know, no, I haven't really seen it. And nobody on the How about beasts? Beasts dominating in the tournament? You call your army beat. You, let's just call it what it is. What you is got it? a Zangor list. Come on now, Chris. 
my beast list. That's not true. You got what? Have, Ten on gores? I have, I have, I have some very confused <laughs> beasts that look blue. I have 50 gores and I have 30 on gores. So we okay. think that the hottest new thing out there is going to be these. What do you, what do you how do you pronounce these guys again? The Ideneth Deep Can turtles. The turtle people. Underwater sea elves with turtles. turtles I'll tell you, I, they they got a lot of buzz. Yeah, they, they look gorgeous. They look buzz. gorgeous. They, they're doing a great job marketing it. So. What is that movie? That Little Mermaid. Somebody's going to paint them like Little Mermaid. You, you you'll see. I, I think you're going to see. Um, I think you're going to see some witch elf lists coming out and doing pretty well yeah. too. Um, because the rules for those are brutal. Yeah. Are they good? They're brutal. You're going to see yeah. some Marathi, Dark Elf. You that know, model's gorgeous, by the witch way. Witch Elf lists. Yeah. Ridiculous. You're going to see that soon. And nobody plays uh, Sylvaneth? Nobody plays the other elves? That that seems to be... I haven't seen a Sylvaneth list in a few months, at least. Yeah. There's uh, the one player at the tournament. Who he actually, did well with them, He yeah. actually bought his list from the other player at the tournament who oh. had at the previous tournament. So That's it's just kind of cycling around. Um, they're a tough list to play with, though. Yeah, there's Sylvaneth. a lot of there's actually some thought involved. So yeah, it's not have. just uh, hey, I'm going to take a uh, hundred of the same model <laughs> and push it across the table. So oh. it's not like that, dude. It's not at all. Okay, okay. No, you actually have to put down some forests. You would just buy a hundred models and not push them anywhere and just shoot. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Joe, Fair it's enough. okay. That's I, a good point. I have my hundred handgunners. I'm doing the same thing except not moving. <laughs> Well, All right. Well, I think we've beaten that topic to death. Why don't we shift gears? We had uh, we we wanted to talk about some modeling ideas and techniques, um, and we wanted to pull Red in to give us his latest thoughts since he is so close to the modeling and uh, hobby aspect because of his employment, which makes it gives him a plethora of options. And he's dumpster a- diving. Other, there are advantages he to works in the Trump White House store. Yes. <laughs> has a lot of time on his hands so uh, we'll go into our next segment which is our uh, Rob Boss canvas uh, which Red will take over for What what's hot in the hobby scene for you for me oh okay um, well I've been working on my Caradron Overlords force my uh, army that I picked up at the end of last year sat on a, you know, in its box unopened, and then uh, I started a, another project in between. I was working on my Stormcast, my Seacast Eternals, but uh, I went back to my uh, Caradron. I've been working on my Ironclad. I combined it with a uh, Titan Forge Metal Dwarf Zeppelin, so I got this model that weighs like. 20 pounds on this little tiny acrylic stand so i've been trying to figure out how to get it to stand up so explain to us how you mounted a solid resin balloon on top of a boat okay well i took the uh actually the support harnesses from the ironclad and uh i managed to find a couple points on the resin balloon which i just basically drilled a small hole and stuck them right through and uh I actually had uh, the mast of one of my land ships, which is a resin mast, that I stuck right into the bottom of the balloon, so it actually holds it up into the boat. And then I have another acrylic rod from the Zeppelin itself that I put underneath the ironclad. So I have one long post. <laughs> so this model's like $1,000, so it's made out of a part of a land ship that no one can get. Yes. It's made out of a, a solid resin balloon from Spain, a $120 ironclad from GW, and... This has been an expensive uh, centerpiece <laughs> for an army. Uh, but but yeah, it actually looks like a boat. It does My look boat like a boat. looks like a boat. No, it's your dragon that doesn't look like a dragon. <laughs> no. Well, yes, like a boat. Uh, the ironclad, you know, it has rung up a cost, and I happen to have some of the most random spare bits. You know, nobody has three land ships, but I got my hands on three, and you I did have to dip park. into your four hundred one k land ship supply. <laughs> yes, yes, to get the bid for this thing, taking the mast out. That's at so, least a year. Of and didn't your girlfriend right dump you because of that? I mean, I thought that was you were homeless for like a week. It'll free no, up no. Funds. Yeah, that's true. She knows it's an investment, so that's, that's an investment that, in that's what? Her, what? That's Sanity. Her, that's her nest egg. You just spent it, <laughs> honey. I spent your nest egg. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, that's been my new project. I've been working on that. And uh, I managed to get my hands on an interesting little device last uh, Christmas. It would say three doodler 3D printing <laughs> pen. Three dildos. I didn't know where you were going with that. Um, that is the name of it. I didn't make that up. That's actually what it's called. A, a three doodler. No. A three doodler, three D printing pen. Wow. The company so is three the doodler, right? Three. The company is three doodler. That is the right. Wow. The brand, and uh, it basically. You, uh, the pen takes uh, ABS plastic and puts it through like a hot glue gun and shoots it out the so other wait, side. So can we take Joe's rock walls and insert it in the pen? And make plastic out the other end on them because that would enhance the rock walls, and then we could make new rock walls. Only if we spray paint them blue. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So is it actually like a three D printer? No, it's it's a handheld device. It's just a pen, and it has an opening in the back. Like if you ever had one of those glue guns, you put you know the glue in the back, and it comes out the front through a heated nozzle. It works exactly like that. It's just a string of ABS plastic. It's forces out the front and it comes out as a bead of molten plastic that instantly cools as soon as it comes out and what do you do like you make little turd shapes and what do you do with this thing <laughs> you could do that uh <laughs> did you try that anthony or anthony? Have you tried <laughs> i know where you were going anthony would come make on. a little turd. <laughs> i uh the first thing i tried doing with it was uh Using it to seal gaps in really, really bad plastics. Oh, uh, okay. That makes uh, sense. Especially uh, GW terrain kits, notorious for gaps that you can't fill. Especially the AOS ones. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, they're uh, they're really bad. The plastic is not very good. It's uh, the China plastic, yeah. and uh, so I started using that and uh, it, knock a whole country while we're on the podcast. But they I thought China it. was a continent. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we're banned from there already. <laughs> They're not going to let us in or out if we do get in. So uh, you use it, and it fills up the gaps really nicely. And uh, you could actually just go over that with a little bit of uh, green stuff to smooth it out, and it works really well. So you get to fill the hole, and then you get to smooth it over. Got it. Got it. Or you could cover it up. I, I did some good cover-up jobs with a little uh, flocking, and you, you will never know it's there. Yeah, Harry Bush will cover it up, yeah. <laughs> so, what, so is this something that it, like you should have, or is this like a nice thing to have? It's a nice thing to have. It's not something for everybody. It definitely has a learning curve. You know, I it took me two months to figure out how to get a continuous straight line. I that's thought even. you were going to say turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> Or continue but a stream. No, I, but you've you've made some pretty creative things now that sculpted essentially with this device. Yes. Uh, right now, I'm working on the base of my ironclad that we mentioned. This expensive ironclad. We add a you know hundred dollar three doodler to it. Uh, for the base, I've been using it to make my own uh, water texture. So we're getting some crusting waves hitting the underside of the ironclad as it skims the water surface. It's coming out really nice, actually. Yeah. Uh, the pictures of it were awesome. I mean, uh, that's not something you, you could easily get your hands on as far as the bits are concerned. Now, maybe when the deep See, can come yeah, out, yeah. it'd be like a dime a dozen, and you can just buy them. But if there's that one piece of... Uh, that one thing that you need to make your special centerpiece extra special, this could be the thing that... Uh, helps you build it yeah it definitely helps it's a very handy tool to have and it gives you some options that you can't do with uh, conventional conversion means um, what's the advantage over just doing green stuff green stuff is harder to use over larger surfaces um, it's great for texturing it's great for uh, filling small gaps but if you have these large gaps and you try to green stuff over it it's it usually turns out to be a mess so mm-hmm. you want to you want to basically minimize how much area is being supported by just green stuff or god forbid the liquid green stuff which i don't recommend that's yeah. garbage yeah i'm sorry that's garbage used it. and i usually like anything gw makes but that stuff is just drives me insane i yeah. used it once thinking it was green paint Oh, did you? But uh, it's not even. It's it's really hard to use, and it's never the cans or the little pots. They don't always stay remain. Rise up really yeah. fast. I think it's a failed experiment. 
everything else is good that they make, I think, by the most part. But that stuff was just weird. So I, what does this uh, magic pen cost, or whatever you call it, the three doodle um, dippity doodle? they go anywhere from the cheapest one is like 70 bucks. 70 bucks? Yeah. And, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, Your the, best friend's going to be pissed. The, the medium quality one is like 100 Honey, I that's sold like the a, car. That's like a year's supply of porn, $70. Seventy dollars. Wow, seventy bucks for one, huh? Yep. You gotta pay for that. And wait, and uh, does it is it like a resin? It's like a three part, two part resin. Uh, it's it just an ABS, the solid ABS plastic yeah, tubing. Yeah, hard plastic. So, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, okay. So that's cool. uh, that's been my my recent tool that I've been playing with. It's a lot of fun. It, it takes a little bit of time, but if you have the patience to do it, it comes out great. I think Joe's having a stroke. He did uh, T1 up. <laughs> or some kind of seizure over there. You're making faces. Oh, you're reading. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, well, it's probably time to start wrapping things up, actually. Um, what is uh, going on with Mythicos? Tell us about the tournaments. Oh, I think plan. the best. What's on the, what's on the calendar? So we, uh, we posted uh, a full 2018 uh, through April of 2019 calendar. Uh, of events for both 40k and Age of Sigmar, and, and where's that posted? And that's on the Facebook page, uh, Mythico Studios. Uh, so you just look up Mythico Studios on Facebook, and you'll be able to see all of the events that we have. That includes the big GT that we have uh, happening uh, uh, June 8th through the 10th uh, here in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, you'll you'll find all the details there on the Facebook page or on the Triumph GT dot uh, com website. Um, how many uh, how many players are you playing? What are the games? How many players? So the uh, so Triumph started uh, just AOS, and right. uh, we were going to have forty AOS players. Um, we still have forty AOS players, and now we have sixty forty K players and twenty bolt action players coming. Are we filling the sixty forty K slots, or are we do we need to open them up for AOS? I think so far what I've been told was that we may have to up that number, but frankly, the AOS is almost sold out. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, 40K is lagging as far as I'm concerned, you know, relatively speaking to the AOS signups. And actually, uh, Bolt Action is is, is uh, almost filled up already, too. Um, yeah, I think maybe 40K, everyone tells me that, you know, they're, they're all going to sign up, but it just seems to be a slower process than the, the other ones. I'm not well, sure I why that is. Maybe open up some of those 40K slots for AOS. More AOS. Most yeah, that'd be great. none of us in this room signed up, so I hope you reserved us slots. Oh, that's a good point. Because <laughs> you, know, you guys, we didn't sign you up. guys are going to be TOs, I suppose. Yeah. Bring that's pizza. Kind of what I was planning on just showing up and wearing this T-shirt, you know? <laughs> no, I think, you know, I mean, ideally, if you guys can play... That would be that would be you know. It's well, there's always dropouts at the last minute and stuff like that that Joe can fill in with. But but yeah, just check out the Facebook page that has all of the events and we'll continue to add. I think there are events being added for Bolt Action and uh, Star Wars X Wings and now Legion, which is you know it's funny we ordered Legion two weeks ago when it first came out and almost every th- uh, thing that we and we bought a lot. For for uh, for the store, everything sold out except like two packs of dice and three of the measuring sticks or whatever their their yeah, rulers are. I think people are. were hungry for the miniature-based Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, it's really after it pretty hard. Amazing, and the same thing happened with Bolt Action. We bought an enormous amount of Bolt Action, and uh, it's within a week we sold three quarters of it. I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. I don't think you understand the amount of power and sway you have in this area. When you make a store like this and a presence like this and, and you commit to a game system, you can actually drive the local market to do certain things if you bring in those products and say we're going to have events and we're going to push it. I mean, it just requires a catalyst. Uh, it's not very hard to get nerds to depart with their cash, but you need to have that drive uh, have that drive happen. No comment on the cash statement. Yeah, <laughs> yes. not, not very hard to get anyone in this room to part with money um, on, on this stuff, but I think that's a whole lot of power in your hands. Don't fuck it up. Oh, no. <laughs> no it's guaranteed we will. <laughs> but uh, we'll have fun doing it, though. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, you know, as far as events, um, there's a ton of them. And uh, as far as, you know, playing, you can, you know, we're we're here uh, 12 noon to 10 o'clock at night, pretty much every night. And um, there's always someone playing. And if you go on that Facebook page, 
you, you can always find somebody to come in uh, and, uh, and play with whatever game you're playing. So. so one thing I started noticing, Nelson, as we were coming in, Mondays are our big game night here. And I started noticing that uh, Officer Rodney was out there uh, videotaping games and he has these monitors in front of him and he's, you know, broadcasting. So he's doing some kind of a live streaming of games with some of the better players here. Um, which is why none of us are on them. Which is why I only sit with Rodney and help him broadcast. What, um, where do you find those things? There's a Mythico Studios Twitch channel as well, and we're going to be. Uh, and there's a YouTube channel that will now have content. Uh, you know, we we didn't sort of set it up, but didn't put any content on it. Uh, so that's coming up, and then you'll be able to find everything on our on the MythicoStudios.com website. If you go on there right now, it just literally is a. A, a screen grab of some movie or something. I don't know what it is, but it's a test screen right now. That's going to be a full-on retail um, uh, website with content and articles and all the podcasts and everything that we do from the tournaments to to the studio. And we call it a studio as opposed to a store, just because we're it's cooler that way, I guess. But um, harder to spell. It's harder to spell. I say club. Comes with lower in the Google. Search Does club not yeah. sound as hoity-toity when you yeah. say club? But, uh, yeah, between the website and the Facebook page and the Twitch channel and the YouTube channel, there's going to be plenty of Mythico Studios content out there, including these lousy podcasts. But, uh, yeah, and, and hopefully as we go along, you know, we start adding more and more um, subject matters to the podcast, we'll, we'll um, you know, really sort of fill out the library. Yeah, well, the plan for this is it'll get much better. Let's hope. Yeah. Or get used you mean to this, this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Was that no? We, that's not a goal. We should never try to <laughs> no. make Don't anything better. No. We're, we're peaking high. right here. All we need are more comfortable chairs. To make my ass is totally numb right now. Yeah, yeah it's the worst setup. We might as well just sit inside of a cardboard box <laughs> outside and try to do this. But uh, you know, uh, I think really the main point of tonight was to kind of introduce the five of us. We do have Officer Rodney, who's not here tonight. He's fighting crime right now. He's fighting crime somewhere in New Jersey. <laughs> or hopefully not generating crime. Um, uh, so he's our uh, bolt action expert. And then there's Dan Dolan, who's uh, deporting somebody in Canada. Or where is he now? I don't know where he is. He's he was a, in Arizona. Wasn't he's it? a Border Patrol. Same he's thing. Border right? Patrol. Yeah. He's Border Patrol. I think in Canada. No? no, I thought it was Canada. Or maybe it's Arizona. Oh, no, I think they shipped him out of there. I think they sent him someplace. All right. So Dan Dolan, who's uh, that's his real name, by the way. Everybody just find him on Facebook and make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But that's it. I mean, that's that's the six of us. Right? Is that six or seven? That was, that was seven. Unless you counted both seven. of them as half person. And then... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think you told me that there was no math involved in this. I know I'm confused, but anyway, so that's it for uh, I think for this week. Yes, you want to I think it's a wrap. That's it. I, I, come on down to the store in Suckasana, New Jersey, or visit us on Facebook uh, or on the World Wide Interweb. The interwebs, love it. All right, that's a wrap. Bye, everybody.